Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. I'm Jimmy Evans. I'm so glad that you've joined me today. I've got a really important message for you. And before I bring it, I just want to say that we have an End Time Prophecy Conference coming up on September the 17th, right here in the Dallas area, Grapevine, Texas, at Fellowship Church. Wonderful church. Pastor Ed Young, he's going to be one of our speakers there. This is an all-day conference from 9 in the morning until 5 in the afternoon. I'll be speaking first and last. I'm going to go two times that morning. I'm also going to be speaking the next morning on Sunday morning at Fellowship Church on End Time Prophecy. So if you stay over till Sunday morning, you can hear me three times. But we also have Pastor Billy Crone. He's been on the show here many times. And so great friend, tremendous End Time speaker, written many books on the End Times. Uh, we have Greg Laurie, who is a contributor here at endtimes.com. He's written many books on the end times, great speaker. Also, Dr. Mark Hitchcock. He also is a contributor. He filled in for me last week. He's written over 30 books on the end times. He is a wealth of knowledge. He'll be speaking at the conference. Also, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. Now, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, in my opinion, is the most profound prophet, end time prophet that we have in our generation. His books and revelation are astounding. I met him many years ago. I went to New York City after he wrote the book, The Harbinger, and I interviewed him there. Dear friend of ours, but he is going to be there bringing a special message at the conference. So we have a great lineup of speakers all day long. It's $99 for the conference. It is a $49 for the live stream. And so you can go on conference.endtimes.com and sign up. Bring somebody with you. Bring friends, bring your family, bring a group for your church. We would love to have you. That is conference.endtimes.com. We would love to have you be there. I would love to see you there. Now, I want to talk on this program. We're all saddened by what's happened in Uvalde. And it's just absolutely horrific uh, to see someone as evil as that young man go into a school and just shoot. He shot his grandmother in the head before, shot her in the face before he went to the school. And it's just so heartbreaking to see those innocent lives taken, both the kids and also the adults. And so we live in a very, very immoral, godless time. And this is exactly the way that Jesus and the Apostle Paul told us that the world would look at the end. And so here's what the Bible says about immorality in the end times. These are the words of Jesus in Luke 17, beginning with verse 26. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven, and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So Jesus is saying, just like the days of Noah, just like the days of Lot, it's going to be just like that when Jesus returns. Well, here are four parallels between the days of Noah and Lot and the days that we're living in now. And the first is a business as usual attitude of sinners. Buying, selling, marrying, giving in marriage. And this is why I don't believe that Jesus will come at the end of the tribulation. And some people teach that very, very strongly that they believe that believers are going to go through the tribulation. There will not be a business-as-usual attitude when three-fourths of the world's population has been killed and the world is a smoldering ruin at the end of the tribulation. The second parallel is a refusal of sinners to listen to the warnings of the righteous. I'm a preacher. There are many preachers around the world, many churches telling the truth, and many people refusing, many people mocking, which is also a sign of the end times, many people mocking us and mocking Christians for the way they believe, Noah and Lot did not have one convert. 
either of them. In fact, Lot lost his wife. She turned back and became a pillar of salt on the way out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so the, just the world that we're living in and just their mockery of Christian, that's Christianity, that is a sign of the times. The third um, parallel is a sudden removal of the righteous from among the wicked. Noah got on the ark. God lifted him above the flood, the way he will lift us up above the tribulation. And then, of course, Lot went out of Sodom and Gomorrah. The angels that came in to take Lot and his family out said, we can't judge this place until you're gone and you have arrived safely at your destination. Again, that's why I don't believe that we're going to go through the tribulation. We are not destined for wrath. The fourth parallel is cataclysmic judgment. The tribulation will be cataclysmic, cataclysmic judgment upon the world. The, in the sake of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, 100% death. In the case of the flood, 100% death. It was a cataclysmic judgment that's going to happen when the tribulation, when the rapture happens and the tribulation comes to the world. This is what Genesis says. When Jesus says it'll be like the days of Noah and the days of Lot, this is what the book of Genesis says about the times of Noah. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Listen to that. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now, it said the world was corrupt, and that is the Hebrew word shakath. It means evil, filthy, and immoral. The world was full of, full of immorality, filth, and violence. Sounds like the world we're living in today. And remember Jesus said, as it was then, it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. This is Lot's world, according to 2 Peter chapter 2. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing, the, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those afterward who would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot who is oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous and self-willed. And again, Peter uses the word here filthy, and it is the Greek word asogeia. It means licentious, sexually immoral, and an insatiable desire for pleasure, just living in lust and, and hedonism. And so, and they're ungodly. They have no fear of God. And so Sodom and Gomorrah were known for rampant homosexuality. That's where the word Sodom comes from. And the men of the, men of the city were so evil that they tried to force themselves on the angels who came to deliver Lot and his family. And so here is now a scripture, a prophecy from the apostle Paul, graphic, graphic prophecy from the apostle Paul warning about dangerous days that will come in the end times because there'll be such moral degeneration. This is 2 Timothy chapter three. But know this, in the last days, perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, 
without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. And so Paul is describing the wholesale deconstruction of morality in the end times. And this is, this is being fulfilled right before our eyes. And I'm saying this was not true when I was a child. I'm 68 years old. I was born in 1953. And I'm telling you, it was a different world. You just assumed everybody was a Christian. You just assumed all your teachers were Christians. I went to a school, Ten Commandments on the Wall. There was a prayer that was prayed in the name of Jesus every single day. I was in public school from the time I was in first grade till the time that I graduated. And so it was just a different society. There were problems, but nothing, nothing like what we see happening today. And especially in the last 20 years, I, I look back on the, really the beginning of the internet, and, and there was problems before that, but, the, but there has been just this rapid disintegration that has happened since the internet was invented. And, and a lot of this kind of behavior is, is promoted through social media and the internet and things like that. So this prophecy from 2 Timothy from the Apostle Paul gives 19 different specific measurements of rejection of biblical morality. 19. When he says lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, 19 different des descriptions of the immorality in the end times, which every single one of them are true in our time. And you say, well, why would, why would he give so many? Because immorality isn't just about sex. It is about our whole lives. It's, sexuality is just one part of immorality, but also lying and stealing and violence and corruption and selfishness and all those kinds of things. And so immorality is like a cancer that spreads. Once you get a little bit of it, it it's like leaven. It spreads everywhere. The second reason that he gives so many is it, it explains why God hates immorality and why he judges it so severely. Let me, let me say this. The reason that God hates immorality is because it damages people. God loves people. God isn't some ogre that just sits up in heaven and doesn't want us to have any fun. Morals protect if you don't understand why morals are there, morals protect. If you brought your children to me and you said, Jimmy, we've had an emergency. Could you take care of our kids for a while while we're taking care of this emergency? And I said, sure. Well, if I'm a moral person, your kids are safe. I mean, when you get back a week from now or a year from now, your kids are going to be as good or better than when you left them with me. But if I'm immoral, they're not safe. Morals protect. A moral society is a safe society. And when we rejected the Bible many years ago, when our society began to reject the Ten Commandments and prayer in school and legalize abortion, all those kinds of things, and we rejected the morality of the Bible, the Judeo-Christian ethic immorality that made our nation great, look what happened. There has never been a great immoral society. It, Rome, Greece, Egypt, you know, Babylon, you go back in world history, they begin as moral societies that become great and they fall from within because they no longer have the protection of morals. And our founding fathers warned us that the, Constitu the Constitution of the United States was designed for a moral and godly people. And it was wholly inadequate for the government of any other. And that's why we see right now, you, when people are unrestrained in their hearts, you can't restrain them any other way. And we're seeing now, you know, inner city Chicago, the Los Angeles, San Francisco, many places in America, they just can't handle the crime and the immorality because it's, it's, it's people's hearts. And they can't hire enough police officers to do that. Another reason that Paul lists so many is it very specifically describes the world of the end times and why it will be such a dangerous place. Paul says, beware in the end times, 
it would be a dangerous place to live. And he goes into all the descriptions there. Every generation has had immorality. Jesus' generation had immorality. You know, the Noah and Lot, they had immorality. Not the way we have immorality today. It is worldwide. Children, if they have a cell phone, they can get it. They can use Bible apps to get into immorality. It is everywhere. It has covered the earth, and it has gone to a level, again, that you have young men walking into schools and shooting little children, like Sandy Hook and like in Uvalde this week. Another reason that uh, the Apostle Paul used 19 different descriptions is it describes the perverted value system of the end times. It's all societies have values, and so it's their culture. And so in America today, our culture has degenerated, and we are now celebrating things that 30 years ago we forbid. And so, and what's happening right now with little children going to school and being convinced now that they're of a different gender. And I'm gonna read an article here in just a little bit that talks about preschoolers and how preschoolers are now being uh, indoctrinated into the woke culture. And so when you take everything that the Apostle Paul said in all 19 of those things, they fall into four categories. And so here are the four categories of the end times moral degeneration. One is exaltation of self and narcissism. They will be lovers of themselves. I was watching football as a boy, and um, the, you know it was the Dallas Cowboys. I've been a lifelong Dallas Cowboys fan. I was watching football, and football players did not strut or celebrate after they made a play. They wouldn't let you do that. And the first time I ever saw a football player uh, pound their chest or celebrate, I believe it was Hollywood Henderson was in a football game, and Tom Landry pulled him out of the game because he, can, he considered that poor sportsmanship. And so, of course, today, it, everyone loves themselves. People are, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with celebrating if you're a football player. I'm just saying it was a different society, and people, they weren't as narcissistic. You weren't allowed to sit and take selfies of yourself all day long and send them to you know, all your friends. It's, it's not about yourself. And so lovers of self, here's what Paul says, lovers of self, boasters, proud, haughty, headstrong. These, this is the first thing that he says, look at our society today. And the, the narcissism, the exaltation of self. Here's the second thing Paul says, is the rejection of authority. He said, disobedience to parents, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And when it's the word power there is the word dunamis, it means morality. It can mean spiritual power, it also means morality. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the morality of that godliness. And so many people today will, you know, they say they believe in God, and they have a form of godliness, but they live very immoral lives. That's what that means. The third uh, category would be rejection of moral standards. He says, unholy, without self-control, and despisers of good. Now, I spoke in a, a church service one day, and a boy band was in the audience. Very, they're still famous. Very, very famous boy band was in the audience. And they, they, the, they came up to me before I preached, and they said, Jimmy, if you hear girls screaming, it's not about you. And I kind of knew that anyway, and because they were very, very famous. Now, they had taken purity rings, and this was very, very public. They had taken purity rings, and with their mom and dad, they had agreed they wouldn't have sex till they got married. They were vilified in the media. I mean, they were roasted in the media because they wanted to be pure before they got married. Okay, that's despisers of good. What once was a standard that people admired is now something that people slam as being idiotic, 
But nothing has changed with God. The thing about God, biblical morality is it doesn't change. It, it is a hard and fast standard that we live by. The number four category is disloyal, unloving, and verbally vicious, if that doesn't sound familiar. Paul says unloving, irreconcilable, unforgiving, blasphemers, slanderers, brutal, traitors, unthankful. The word unloving there is ostorgeia, the Greek word. It, it means not even loving your family. When I was a, a young pastor, it was, it was unheard of for a mother to leave her kids. I had never heard of it. I was a pastor of a very large church. And so you would see men sometimes leave their families, but not women. After I had pastored for 10 or 20 years, more and more pe pe uh, parents killing their children, children killing their parents, parents preying on their children. That's what that means. It means you don't even have a normal love for your family anymore. And this is what we see today. The young man in Uvalde shot his grandmother in the face before he went and shot those kids. It's just, it's incredible. And so this is why God hates the immorality. And this is why there is such a horrific judgment that came on the world of Noah, of Lot, and is about to come on our world. Now, if you take all four of the categories that the Apostle Paul was talking about describing the moral generation of the end times, and you flip it, here's what it means. Number one is exaltation of God over self. If you want to make this thing right and flip this thing over, rather than being narcissistic and arrogant, it means we humble ourselves before God. That's what we should be doing. That's what Christians should be doing. We shouldn't be like the world. We shouldn't be full of ourselves. We, and this is a whole issue of worship and focusing our lives on God. It's not about me. It wasn't about me. It's not about me. It never will be about me. It is about Jesus. When we go to heaven for all of eternity, we will worship Jesus Christ and not ourselves. The number two category, if you flip these things around, is submission to God's authority and to his delegated human authority. I submit my life to God. It's not about what I can do. It's what, about what I should do. I'm under God's authority. And it says they're uh, rebellious to parents. They're disobedient to parents. And so if I'm a child, I should be submitted to my parents. I'm submitted to my boss at work. I'm submitted to the governing authorities. I have an attitude of submission. We now have Antifa and we have these, these uh, groups that are completely against all forms of authority. And so and this, this is growing in our society. Number three uh, standard or category would be acceptance of absolute moral standards of the Bible. Rather than being uh, immoral and haters of good, we love good. And for, the fourth category is loving others loyally and sacrificially rather than being brutal, you know, unforgiving, you know, irreconcilable and things like this. This is how America began. Those were the standards that made America great. And so America, and let me just say this, this will not get better, okay? As believers, we can be the salt and light of the world, but we know according to the words of Jesus that when he returns, it's gonna be like Noah, and it's gonna be like Lot. He told us exactly what the world is gonna be like, and that's why Jesus can come at any time. And I'm saying, for me personally, I want Jesus to come now. There's nothing in this life. All my family's going with me, all the people I care about, are going with me and this world is a rotten, evil place. And so again, it says that Lot's righteous soul was vexed day after day as he had to sit there and watch what those people were doing. And I know that that's the way many of you feel. That's the way I feel. When you see what's happening in Uvalde, when you see the things that are happening in the world right now, it just, it just breaks your heart and it vexes your soul. And you say, how long can this go on? Well, it can go on until 
now until the time that the rapture happens, and that will happen. The world is, the world is not going to be a better place. I hope a lot of people get saved, and that's the job of the church, is for us to be salt and light in the world and for us to preach the gospel. And so that has to keep going on. And so here's what Jesus told us in Matthew 5. He said, you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how can it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This is our job in the end times world, and that is we have to be standard bearers. We have to be people of the light. It's so important. It's so important to be together with other believers because when you get off by yourself, you weaken, when you, especially when you get around immoral people. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, don't be deceived. Uh, bad company corrupts good morals. And so if you let your kids be around bad kids, no one's perfect, but if you let them be around unbelievers, it's going to corrupt their morals. If you have friends, your closest friends are people who are unbelievers, who have ungodly lifestyles, it's going to corrupt your morals. We need to be around believers. We need to be in church like never before. And we need to be the salt and the light of the world. That is what God has called us to do. And so if you're watching on YouTube, I hope that this message has been a blessing to you. Now we have a subscriber only area of this, of this podcast, and I'm about to go into it right now. Plus we have many other uh, articles and videos all week long that come out. If you're not a subscriber to endtimes.com, it's $7 a month. It's $77 a year. We would love to have you be a subscriber. And this is how we support the ministry is through subscriptions. And so $7 a month, $77 a year. We try to make it very affordable. But we have Greg Laurie. We have Dr. Mark Hitchcock, myself, writing articles, creating videos to keep you encouraged and informed on what is happening in the world that we live in. And I believe that it is a bargain for $7 just to receive some encouragement. Every single week, several times a week, we come out with articles and videos. Become a subscriber, endtimes.com. God bless you. I want to thank you for watching this Tipping Point clip, and I want you to subscribe to the channel. I want you, if you're not a subscriber, go ahead and click subscribe there. And thank you for watching and subscribing. I want you to join our Tipping Point community at endtimes.com. For $7 a month, you can subscribe, and you have a seven-day free trial. So if you just want to check it out for seven days, go on endtimes.com, check us out for seven days, but I can promise you, you're going to love the content. You're going to be getting the Tipping Point show, the full show every single week, as well as articles and video content from great teachers like Greg Laurie and Mark Hitchcock, and of course myself. Be sure to subscribe to be notified when we release more videos like this. God bless you.